Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Here we are. It's the World, the World Cup. Cup. We got some stuff to say. We do have some stuff um, to say. It's been eventful so far. So far. Um, we would like to caveat, we're coming to you post-group C and D final group stage games due to conflicts there will be further discussion on group E to H solely by me. So look forward to hearing just my voice in the latter few yeah. groups. Yeah, this but will all that. be just to be clear, like this is all in the same episode. Like we will be talking about the later or Rachel will be talking about the later groups in this episode, but you'll only get to hear from my lovely voice um, for the first four groups um, because I am actually going to an American football game. She's betraying um, the World Cup for the bad sport of American football, but I'm going to the okay. Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas on Friday, and so I won't be able to record again um, for a while. So I'm and just going to text Rachel all my thoughts, and she will read them out to you. Read them out <laughs> loud. Um, and in our desire to get this out before the round of 16 games start so that then we can get another episode out in between that and the quarterfinals there's a lot to talk about and not enough time so we are doing so we're just gonna yeah we're we're doing we're doing our best out here so um unfortunately or maybe fortunately depending on your perspective um my ranting in the latter half of the groups um We'll be will gone. not be maybe everyone's will not only be gonna here. listen to the second half of the episode yeah maybe people gonna are gonna be, be like god anyway. that girl. um um all right. let's get into the first half um yeah. of the groups so um, world cup started now a week and a half ago about yeah um with a fantastic game of ecuador versus qatar um she means that ironically i was being ironic i really hope you could hear that in my voice Nothing against Ecuador. I think they looked very good in this tournament. But I think that what we knew about Qatar was amplified. What we thought we knew about Qatar was indeed true. Um, They are bad. Very bad. Very bad. (laughs) There's not a chance in hell they would have qualified for this tournament if they weren't the hosts. Um, They are not only the first group, uh, first hosts to have lost their opening game. They're the first hosts to be knocked out in the group stage. Spoiler alert. You all know that already, hopefully. They also lost but, all three of their games. Yeah. It was not cute. It wasn't pretty. I don't know what anyone expect. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Where I don't think I expected, anybody expected very much from them. But, like, even with our expectations low, it was were, still It was a little bad. bit. Yeah, it was still um, quite bad. There was the fun, um, literally in the first like ten minutes of that first game, everyone's like, "Oh my god, Qatar is like, uh, bribed, bribed the lose, officials." Yeah, which, like, is kind of fun. What like was I think it became a very clear very quickly thing. that that was not that wasn't that the case. They had 
Ecuador was not was not was not like, took that. a mini and ran. But there like, was that not. was that was the yeah first that was the top of the World the Cup yeah. of the first ten minutes of oh my god but then clearly that wasn't an issue um yeah then clearly it was so the other game in that first group the first one was the netherlands versus senegal um the netherlands won two zero in the end though senegal looked good i mean like without mane as we discussed they yeah. still um were very solid i will say gakpo for the netherlands gakpo yeah breakout star of the world cup potentially or at least definitely stages at least so far he is the breakout star of the world yeah. Cup, in my opinion um at least this point uh group stage at least we'll yeah. see how things progress um in the overall tournament but for sure in the group stage he has been um the breakout star yeah um, um moving on to the second games in that group senegal beat qatar as we kind of already said um and this is what I do want to speak to Ecuador. They looked very, like, we had talked about them maybe being able to slip through this group into the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. They tied the Netherlands. The Netherlands looked a little bit shaky yeah. against Ecuador, but Ecuador looked good. It wasn't like yes. the Netherlands looked bad. Ecuador looked good in this game. I will say, while the Netherlands haven't looked bad, they don't look, like, super convinced. They don't look like Belgium. No. But they but, don't look like France either. Exactly. There, there's, there's, there's a middle <laughs> ground where they exist. They look like a fine. Bad, which is fine yeah. also for the group stage. Like sometimes this is all about get out of the group stage for some of these yeah. teams. Um, and they did what they had to do. I also think like the, group. the Netherlands didn't really need to do much to get out of their group. Um, yeah. I but... agree. Yeah, we'll and then the final the final of those games, uh, Netherlands beat Qatar two nothing, and Ecuador Senegal was a yeah was a bit of a a close one because the two teams were essentially playing for who's going to go through. Um, it was essentially a, a winner take all because, uh, although Ecuador was in a little bit of a better position because they had a win and a draw, yeah, um, and Senegal had a loss, um, and they, a win. The- it was a fun ending. I mean, um, the Senegalese players pulled through. They were like, this is what we have they to really do. Did. And we're going to win this game. Um, and they got it and done it without their star. Uh, yeah. Without Mane, obviously. And I mean, um, obviously so Senegal, uh, uh, Senegal just, is who I predicted to go through with the Netherlands. We, yeah. I think, correctly predicted this group with Netherlands to go top and Senegal to come through second. Um yeah. So yeah, there's there's that, um, and we'll talk about Group B before we talk about um, the matchups going forward for which are between Group A and Group B. How nice that they do that to you. Um, yeah, obviously Group B is uh, the one that we talked probably the most about because the U.S. is there. Um, let's mm-hmm. just start with the England game. England looked very good in their first game against Iran. It was a six-two yes, win. Um, yeah, it's exactly how they would want to start. I would say they peered it off and by the last two games yeah they really started out with a bang they really did I think everybody after that first game everybody was like oh wait a second are England like really good and then had they figured themselves out we were like okay maybe Uh, but like but that first game we were like huh they looked better in that first game it looked like they'd solved all their issues that were happening in the Nations League like mm -hmm, a month ago mm -hmm. but then We'll talk about the U.S. CBD at exactly what happens um, um, in a moment, but uh, let's talk US about the U.S. Yeah. 
they so the first half of u.s wales um the u.s looked great uh they i think they started with um a lineup that we both approved of essentially while we it may have been slightly different than what we would have chosen like we I were not against it with, with the, the caveat that we wanted two players to be subbed in in the second half at some point. yes um and now I think and we'll talk about this a little bit later when we talk about sort of the the position of the U.S. at large um but the U.S. really shot themselves in the foot. And by the U.S., I mean Greg Berhalter really shot his own team in the foot yeah, um, pretty, with the substitutions that he made because the U.S. really struggled in the second half. Um, Wales made um, Wales made a substitution at half. They put in Kiefer Moore, who is enormous. And, um, he's like 6'5". Yeah, and massive. quite good. Thanks. Um, Very good. Yeah. So, and he was giving the back line a lot of trouble and sort of then suddenly we couldn't get the momentum, blah, 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 blah. And then what does Greg Berhalter do? He puts in Jordan Morris and he puts in Shaq Moore and he puts in Kellen Acosta and he puts in DeAndre yet. But like what? He actually didn't put in more in the first game. My bad. He put in Yedlin in the first game. But point being... He put in a bunch of guys that like when you're trying to hold a lead or like you're trying to extend a lead, like why are you putting those guys in? Um, Aronson did come in, which is we've seen him come in in every game um, as he should. Um, He does seem to be the first guy off the bench, which is if he's not going to start is where he should be. Um, The biggest question mark in the first game was why, where is Gio Reyna? Um, and we'll talk about Greg and Gio Reyna, I think a little bit more after we sort of wrap up the end of the, um, group B, but essentially this drew a lot of questions, the choice to go with Jordan Morris rather than Gio Reyna, um, because just because obviously, why would you ever choose Jordan Morris over Gio Reyna? Um, never. And this particularly got hairy when, Greg Berhalter suggested that Gio Reyna was not healthy to play. And then Gio Reyna said, I'm 100% fine. I'm good yeah. to go. And then later, Greg Berhalter sort of said, oh, well, we thought it was a tactical choice, which doesn't make any goddamn sense because like- There's why? no tactical reason in There's no tactical choice in which tells you, you to bring in Jordan Gio Reyna instead in. of- Instead of Giorena, there's no tactical, there's no, no tactical choice none. that makes that make sense. But anyway, so there, there was sort of some flip flopping about like why didn't he play? What's the situation? What's going like, on? What's going on? Yeah. So that was that after the first game. Essentially, the U.S. really blew, um, which should have been a lead. Walker Zimmerman gave up a penalty kick on Gareth Bale, um, which was poor decision making really Can like I he had no reason the ball in the box with his back to goal, back to goal. And Walker Zimmerman um, just right into his legs what yeah there was no reason for Walker Zimmerman to make the tackle that he did um but it is what it is um they got a point from the game which was while not ideal and definitely should have gotten a win not the end of the world moving into the second um game <laughs> Iran beat Wales which was a little bit of a surprise I given how expected 
how a little bit of a surprise given how Iran had looked against England, but I think was a little bit telling about uh, the Welsh. Welsh, this Welsh team yeah. Yeah. Um, and sort of made it even worse that the Engl- that uh, U.S. had not finished off them um, Wales. Wales in the first game. Um, yeah. And then we move into Wales, England. Um, it, you, U.S. England. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You said Wales, England. England, just to clarify. I was still thinking about Wales. I had had somebody liked a tweet of mine as that was happening, so I was, like, reading that. Uh, Okay, well, let's not. Let's not Um, be using Twitter while we're recording the podcast. I wasn't. It just popped popped up as a notification. I'm I'm looking at the agenda. I'm so sorry. Anyway, U.S., England, day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday. They've been talking about ever since the month came out, probably. But that's a very U.S.-centric viewpoint, I will admit. Sure, but it's the one that the U.S. media has been discussing since the draw happened. Yeah, um, it's us versus our colonizers. Not really. Who are, uh, are not colonizers. Well, our No, they were. They did colonize the United States of America. Yeah, but it's not, not you Native and I. Amer- but it's not the Native Americans not you and I. in the U.S. But anyway, sorry, we're not going to get into the politics. Country. We are a former <laughs> British colony. Um. Yeah, we did like fight we a war about colonizers. It. So no, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying right, like that just, is a correct. We are definitely derailing. <laughs> Anywho, versus our pro- late rulers. Anyway, um, yeah. obviously going into this game, everyone's like, "Ooh, England's so good." England's and so good, like, especially uh, at their performance. What's the U.S. doing? They don't look bad. And then you know what happened? Tyler fucking Adams packaged Godsend. up. Godsend. Packaged up. He he folded Mason Mount and Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice into little into little things and shoved them in his pocket. And he said, "Try again, bitch." Um, yeah, Tyler I Adams mean, honestly, is the love him, of my life. I would commit so many crimes for Tyler Adams. Um, yeah, no comment on that. However, I would like to say, I mean, we were talking about it before. I mean, he is so good. It so is good. like, I mean, there's a reason why he's our captain, but yes. It's not just because he's a leader. He's really goddamn good on the pitch. <laughs> he is the minister of defense. Um, he quite literally, like, now I am, Mason Mount has not had particularly good performances at large lately, but I gener- genu- generally, Jesus, can't speak. I generally consider him to be a fairly talented player. I think he's I'd pretty agree. good. We all know that Jude Bellingham is very, very, very good. Yes. Um, and while I think Declan Rice rates himself a little bit higher than he should, he is also good. Um, they have a, I think it was like a $220 million midfield or something they were saying England is. Yeah. Um, and our midfield, the MMA midfield, the Musa McKinney Adams midfield, um, absolutely bossed them. Like, it was like England's midfielders should be embarrassed. Now, I think all three of our central midfielders are very, very talented young men. Um, and I think very, very highly of all of them, all three of them. But if you just look at like the straight, like what clubs they play for and like what they did, like England's midfield should be better than ours. And they are not. They were not. They, they were, were absolutely outclassed. They were outclassed in this game. I don't want yes. to be like, oh no, they have a terrible midfield. I don't think that's true. No, I'm not saying. Our guys that. played. Be- no, I'm not, I know you're not saying that. 
we look better than them in that I'm game. saying what I'm saying is put some respect on MMA yes oh fully agree fully yes. like it's Correct. not that oh England had a shit game like they didn't play their best sure but they also just got beat yeah the other guy like, yeah, I know it ended the draw well. but they got beat yeah um, yeah, I'd agree. Frankly, England was lucky to get out of this with a draw. Christian Pulisic at the crossbar. Weston McKinney had a couple he should have put away. Um, Don't. Yeah, quite frankly, England was lucky to get away with a draw um, with this one. Um, there was one change from the first game to the second game for the U.S.'s starting lineup, um, and that was uh, Sargent came out, Haji Wright came in. I think this was a mistake. I think Greg Bergkrautzer also thinks this was a mistake, um, which we'll talk about when we talk about the third game in a second. <laughs> Um, I do think one thing that this game really exposed, um, is Walker Zimmerman's while he's had a good tournament, I I'm not saying he hasn't, um, his difficulties in passing out of the back. Yes. Um, because he gave the ball away a lot in this a game. Lot. Um, yeah. unnecessarily. He kept trying for a pass that just wasn't getting off. It was really clear. It became really clear that the rest of the team, um, just had a level of passing ability that Walker Zimmerman doesn't have. And he played really well in this game outside of that. He did a really good job defensively. Yeah. Um, I'm not sort of, but he gave away the ball uh, simply too much. Once again, in this game, there were some bizarre substitutions. Um, and I really just mean one in this case, because um, Gio Reyna did come in for a brief sort of appearance. Barely. Um, Barely, and not much happened. Uh, Aronson also came off the bench. Um, and then the one that sort of puzzled everyone was that Dest came off um, and Shaq Moore came on. Now, this was particularly puzzling because Dest has played, I think, pretty unquestionably his best defensive performance in the three group stage games. He's always been really good going forward, Fantastic. but he's had some issues defensively. He so played good. really, really well, both offensively and defensively in the yeah. tournament so far, mm -hmm. which is something we expect from Anthony Robinson um, and have gotten from Anthony Robinson. Um, but Dest has struggled with the defensive aspects of his role in the past. Um, and I don't think he struggled uh, with it. And he was playing really, really well. He absolutely, Sterling had, Sterling who? Like where? Sterling who? Yeah, and but why I know is we love, Sterling, honestly, why is Sterling starting on that England team? Yes. Sorry. That's, that's a whole, a whole other thing. That's a whole other can of worms. That's a whole other issue. can of worms we'll get into. <laughs> I think when we talk about England's third game, we can talk about that a little bit. But I think like Saka, unlike, unlike Sterling, Saka has been playing really well. Yes. Saka also struggled in this game. Um, Harry yeah. Kane was invisible. Um, honestly, the best player on England's team was Harry Maguire. Yeah. Um, well, I was, game, I will say, I was just joking. Wild to say. Maybe I texted this to you, but my brother and I were joking. We we're like, oh, haha, -ha, like Christian Pulisic's passes are just going straight to Harry Maguire's head. Yeah. Which um, I will say, I will say, um, we've criticized Burhalter and the sort of team at large um, in the past for the fact that, and I have very loudly on Twitter, um, for the fact that Christian Pulisic uh, is still taking all the set pieces for the U.S. When Christian Pulisic has many talents, there are many things that he is good at. His dead balls are not really one of them. No. Uh, and he hadn't uh, – I do think, however, he did serve some pretty good corners in the England game. The offensive – we just, like – it was the opposite for once. Like, 
usually it's like our guys make really good runs and the ball is not there. Not there. And for once it was the opposite. It was like the ball was where it should be, but our players were nowhere to be found. Um, yeah. but this was, I did think he, he served decent balls for once. Um, I still don't think he should be taking the set pieces. Oops. Sorry. Um, I still don't think he should be taking the set pieces, but he did like look better. They did look better in that game than they have, yeah. um, in a lot of other games, but, um, nonetheless, it did end in a zero, zero draw. Um, there's Which quite again, a lot, I think. Isn't bad. No, I think there's quite a lot the U.S. should be happy with. Um, with this game, on, on honestly, I said this, I think I texted this to you after the game. Um, the fact that we walked away from this game feeling like a draw was unsatisfying. Yeah, that's a big um, deal. I think tells us a lot about the state of the team. Um, and the fact that I think if you told me a month ago we were going to draw them, I would have been really, really pleased. Uh, yeah. And the fact that a draw felt disappointing and that we should have gotten more, I think, is really telling um i'd agree about sort of the state of the u of the u.s at large and it meant that we um it was entirely in our hands for the third game all we had to do was win um against iran um and uh going into the third games uh which happened simultaneously um england sort of beat the shit out of i didn't watch that game um i didn't watch i watched some highlights but i they happened simultaneously so i didn't watch that game at all um yeah. but england did beat the shit out of wales um they southgate had made some changes for this most notably phil foden who much like the u.s fans have been clamoring about Gio reyna the england fans have been clamoring about phil foden and the fact that he's not starting when he is arguably one of the best five players in the premier league um no it really makes no name, sense and is the third name on arguably the best club team in europe is the third name on the team sheet behind kevin de bruyne and erling holland yeah uh so Especially like the, fact when that the person that you starting, have playing is sterling which doesn't make much sense yeah, to and, me and foden has a bunch of goals for city this year um and assists and is playing really really well um southgate had said oh no we don't want to put him in the midfield he doesn't play there for the club i'm the last time England or Phil Foden consistently played in the midfield for an England team, an England under 17 team won the under 17 World Cup. He was the player of the tournament. <laughs> I know that that was a long time ago, ago now, but like he played as a false nine all of last year. Like to act for Gareth Southgate to act like Phil Foden can't play in the central midfield is ludicrous. Um, but he did finally play. He did score. Rashford, um, who has struggled as of late, both in club yeah. form and in national team form, this had a, a great performance. Yeah. Um, which is great for him. I'm despite being a man you hate. We're, we're Rashford a, fans. We are Rashford fans. It's I think to be quite honest, I think most people are Marcus Rashford fans. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to be. Um, he's just such a good dude. Um but yeah, so really happy to see him him doing well. And they I think it was three nothing in the end. Um Yeah. Sad but, for Wales. Yeah, sad for Wales. So Wales was done. Um and then the US game was honestly the US game was a lot more open than I think a lot of us expected it to be. Iran yeah. only needed a draw 
So yeah. we kind of thought they were going to sit deep um, and just yeah. sort of absorb the U.S. pressure, which might have been hard for the U.S. to break down given their lack of a number nine. Um, but that ended up not being the case at all. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Iran sort of did not sit back deep, um, and the U.S. continued to play well. Tyler Adams had another fantastic game. Um, they made a couple of changes, two changes um, to the lineup. Josh Sargent came back in in the not, number nine position, and Walker Zimmerman was bumped from the lineup um, for Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think there's two reasons that they brought in Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think, one, he's a little bit faster, um, and they thought that Iran was going to uh, pack it in and counterattack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was one reason for his inclusion. I also think that uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers is just better on the ball. Um, yeah yeah like when when the u.s is in possession which they expected to have a lot of possession which they did end up having a lot of possession but they expected to have a lot of possession so that was another reason um i think that he was included and i think it ultimately paid off uh, the u.s kept a clean sheet um walker zimmerman did come into the end and actually make a really good play that was essentially a goal line clearance at the end in extra time um that you know kept the clean sheet for matt turner matt turner made a couple of good saves but honestly hasn't been like super super tested mm-hmm. yet um Dest had another good game Robinson had another good game um Aronson came in at half for an injured Christian Pulisic who got scored injured in the process of scoring the U.S.'s lone goal it was an honestly it was a phenomenal goal the ball from the ball from McKenny to Dest McKenny to Dest and then Dest's header across the face of goal for uh Pulisic to put in it was it was gorgeous it was it a was great a very great, nice great goal. goal um he Pulisic uh, got they have suffered ladder. some bruising in the void area. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Christian Pulisic <laughs> sacrificed his ability to ever have children. <laughs> to qualify um, for the knockout stage the, the World Cup? I think that's okay. Um, they're calling him. it an abdominal. I think it's well. funny that they're, I think they're calling, they're, they're calling it an abdominal injury. Guys. Um, which I think is funny because we all know what it really is. They always skirt around, and we can laugh about it. And we can laugh about it because he's okay. Um, Yeah, he does say he will be back for the game on Saturday. He did get subbed out at half. Brendan Aronson came on at half, Um, but um, they did take him to the hospital. I guess probably just to like make sure everything was okay. Yeah. But he was back at the hotel, um, the team hotel, before the rest of the team got back. Um, So he says he's going to play Saturday um i'm on the fence about whether i think he's gonna play saturday i just don't think here's my thought my thought process is of all the people that like you could risk not starting right he's the best one right because there's not in my opinion much of a downgrade if any from pulisic to aronson and pulisic's played well i this is not like but i just mean in terms of like and in terms of where we have depth in terms of where we have depth, that's a position that we have lots of depth in. And I just don't think, I don't think we need him to start. Um, especially with this game, in my opinion, the U.S. is going to play the Netherlands. Um, I think this is a winnable game. Uh, it's not an easy game, but I think it's a winnable game. And I think, yes, Pulisic has been very clutch for us, but that doesn't mean he can't come on later. But I just think with him being a little, you know, ginger. Yeah, I mean, also maybe he won't be, but I can't no imagine reason. that he's not going to be. There's no, I just think there's not really, when we could potentially win this game with or without him, 
Yeah. There's not really a reason I don't think that we like have to start him when we have Brendan Aronson who can start in that position. So that's the like if it was Tyler Adams, he'd be starting. It, I'd be like start. no doubt he'd be starting whether or not he's he's still in a little bit of pain or not. Like but <laughs> I just think if if Christian Pulisic is uncomfortable like physically, like he doesn't need to start. Like we don't need him to start. There are other guys who are going to give you you know, the same things that Pulisic is going to give you that can start in that position. So while I wouldn't be surprised if he is, he's listed as day-to-day. So while I wouldn't be surprised if he does start, I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. I don't think he needs to. No, um, yeah. So yeah, I think we'll just kind of see, but I expect we won't see much of um, much of a changed lineup. I, I think Greg Berhalter has kind of figured out what he wants to do. But I do think there are a lot of questions to be asked about his choices and substitutions. Um, and I've seen some tweets recently that I want to talk about in the sense that people are like, we got through the group, stop complaining. Just because we succeeded or like won the game or or whatever we drew against England doesn't mean that we're not allowed to be critical. It also no. doesn't mean, and and also like being critical of Greg Berhalter. Now we hate Greg Berhalter, but even if we didn't, like being critical of a team that you support does not mean that you don't support them. No, and honestly, there's a lot of people on Twitter being like, "Stop being critical, just support the team." Like that's the same no. thing. Also, also, I just want to throw it out there as a hypothetical. We had had slightly different lineup in the England game. We could have won that game, and you know what? We I could have topped the group up, potentially. Actually, actually, straight up, I think if one thing had been different, I think if Des stays on, Shaq Moore does not come in. Yeah. We win the group because Des Sha- uh, Shaq Moore had an opportunity uh, that yes. he should have done better with that he mucked up completely. That yeah. Des would have Des would, would have, have connected on. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, straight in up, all honesty, that, decision, that is that why alone. that that is why it matters because then we will be pl- not like the difference between Senegal and the Netherlands is that big, but no, but then we'd be playing we'd be playing Senegal, yeah. which is maybe a team that we can. It's a little bit less technical of a team. Maybe it's a team we can absorb a little bit better. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, I. And that's, I absolutely think we can beat the Netherlands. I absolutely think we can. can. I don't know that we will, but I absolutely think that we can. I just think that like, we can be critical of the choices that were made and still be happy that the team succeeded. Um, And I think that the biggest thing to be critical of is where the fuck is Gio Reyna? Like nowhere in sight. I understand that this, that... Pulisic and Weah have both played really, really well. And so you don't want to pull them out of the lineup. I don't disagree with that. I, I might I would have started a different 11 in the first game and Due then therefore things form. might be different. Yes, yeah. I, things might be different. But after the first game, those two guys are both, Weah is playing really, really well. I'm not saying you should pull him from the lineup. I'm not making that argument. Um, however, the fact that Gio Reyna has seen, what, eight minutes kind of useless didn't even time. get on the field in two of the three games is absurd to me absurd when he's on especially fire in the iran game yeah especially in the iran game when you're trying to kill time at the end when you're trying to t- kill time at the end of a game you want a guy who's going to hold the ball 
your most capable guy and your entire 23 men of holding the ball is Giovanni Reyna. Yeah. If you want a guy to go take it to the corner and hold it there, that's Gio Reyna. I just, something it must doesn't have happened. make any sense to me why he doesn't get, at least get subbed on. Now, well, I'd have started have him happened. in the Wales game. I would have started him in the Wales game. But me that too. aside, how does he not come off the bench? I don't understand. He is very, and I mean, we said it in the lead up to the World Cup, but I believe he is the most talented player on this roster. Yeah. Um, and I have the greatest respect for a number of these guys. I think they're awesome. Gio Reyna is the most talented player on this roster. How has he seen 10 minutes of, of the field? I, I don't, just don't no, understand. It's baffling. Just, it's baffling to me. It's not like he's injured, like we said earlier. It's not like he hasn't been in good form at Dortmund. He's been the complete no. opposite. He's been in great form at Dortmund. He's been absolutely on fire with Dortmund. And the other thing to me, too, is that he's a little bit different of a type of player than everybody else. So yes. if you're trying to protect a lead or if you're trying to get yourself a lead late in a game, he's going to change things up in a way that can hurt your off your the defense. He the also, other team. I think, provides better set pieces. Yes, absolutely. And, crosses, and if you're determined to play a number nine, which ugh, I don't think that we have to, you should have someone who can put the ball on their head. Agreed. I just don't understand because our best crosses right now are coming from our outside backs, which is fine. Des puts in a fine. great cross and so does Des Robinson. Des puts in be- but beautiful. But they both put in good crosses. But like, if that's how you want to play, like, why does Gio Reyna never see the? I just, and also just like Gio Reyna's ability to possess the ball. Like yeah. they clearly want to play a possession thing, yeah. which is style, which is how they should because of the way that their team is suited for that. But like, he's the best at it. I just don't understand. Like we can I sit here all day. It, I don't understand except that something must have happened. And Burhalter is like, I'm not playing him. But I don't understand what could possibly happen where you're gonna sit this sit him in a World Cup. I don't know. Or Burhalter is just legitimately an idiot. I I genuinely just like do not understand. And we can sit here all day and list off the reasons he should be playing, at least off the bench. But, like, at the end of the day, there is quite literally not a single, like, explanation that would satisfy me. Even, I will say, you know it's a bad day when even we are agreeing with the U.S. pundits who are dude, not dude, normally good. I'm agreeing, they ask the same thing. I'm agreeing with Taylor Twelman. I'm agreeing with Taylor Twelman. terrifying to us. Terrifying. But they like, too are asking, know, where's Gio Reyna? Well, Everyone when, is asking when because we it's are, so when utterly ridiculous. When we're out here agreeing with Alexi Lalas. You know like, something's real wrong something with the world. Something is real wrong. Real when wrong. When everybody <laughs> is agreeing with what Alexi Lalas is saying. Yeah. So like, but my point is it's not just us being like, oh, he's so good. It's like everyone knows literally he's everyone. so good. Everyone had them in, him in their starting lineup before this all started. Like no one was considering him not playing. And anybody all. who didn't have him in their starting lineup was like, oh, well, he's going to come on. Like Aronson has been. Everybody thought him and Aronson, who've been, Aronson's been subbing in. He's up to half in the, in the, you know, in the, fir- in the third game. But he's been coming in like 60th, 65th yeah. minute. 
in the first two games, which is about what we expected. Now, again, I talk, you can go back and listen to our thoughts on what the starting lineup should be and our thoughts on Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna. Um, I just, but like, if he's not going to start, he should be coming on, you know, with 25, 30 minutes to play. I also, Gio Reyna should be coming. They should be subbed in together every single time. Yeah. I just think too, our like inability to think of playing without a number nine is like some sort of like, we can't do it thing is I feel like, especially in this upcoming game against the Netherlands, we want the best 11 on the pitch and I don't really care. I just think there's no reason that you can convince. And I think Josh Sargent has actually, despite not scoring, Josh Sargent has played well. Yes. He has really good movement off the ball. And I would not be mad if he was starting against Netherlands because I I think he's the type of guy, he's very good back to goal. He's going to help break down. He's going to help distract Virgil van Dyke, essentially. Um, You do love that. And like, he's another guy that he has really good movement. Like he's going to, it's going to, he's going to make things help make things difficult for the Netherlands. But I just don't understand, like, why we can't play Wea or Pulisic or Aronson as a false nine to get another one of these guys on the pitch. Yeah. At the same time. I don't understand. I just don't understand either. And I don't think anybody does. Nobody has been able to provide a satisfactory explanation as to why Gio Reyna isn't playing. Like, no, no one is. And clearly, Burhalter hasn't either. No. So, but that's kind of that's kind of the last note I have about the U.S. There's not really much else to say. Um, yeah. We're out of the group. We're very happy to be out of the group. I think the Netherlands is absolutely a winnable game. Um, yeah. The reality is that more than likely we'll talk about this in a moment um but more than likely if we beat netherlands which i think we could do but is you know not going to be easy um more than likely if we get through that we have to play argentina um which i would not be as optimistic about but no. never you never, never know crazy you, things could never... happen you never know crazier things have already happened <laughs> yes we'll get to so... that um Anyway, so to wrap up Group B, England go through on top and U.S. is second. Netherlands mm-hmm. plays the U.S. and England plays Senegal. And those are the first set of our round of 16 matches. Yeah. Moving on to Group C. Now, when we discussed Group C and how everyone else discussed Group C, I think it went like this. Argentina is on top. Saudi Arabia bottom and aka bottom not winning any games probably and then we thought it was going to be a duking it out between poland and mexico um for the second spot anyway rich got thrown in that in the end in the end we ended up being right (laughs) we did end up being right ultimately as the games finished today however however argentina decided to throw everyone's brackets into Everyone got a little nervous by losing to Saudi Arabia. Okay, this is like the five AM game on the East Coast. So, like, I think Bar- it was three AM for me, so yeah, I did not watch. No it. one was waking up to watch this game because, like, it's Argentina. Everyone was like, Saudi "Oh, Arabia. Argentina's just gonna blow out our." Exactly. Anyway, everyone wakes up at like seven or eight Eastern time, and it's like, "Oh shit, what the hell just happened?" Um. Anyway, Argentina lost Saudi Arabia. That it kind of is what it is. Um. And Poland and Mexico tied their first game. So this group is looking like Argentina's at the bottom, Saudi Arabia's on top. What the hell is going on? Anyway, 
things have sorted themselves out now. Yes. Um, Argentina beat Mexico in the second game. Poland beat Saudi Arabia in the second game. Again, things are evening themselves out. Um, and then it came to this afternoon. So I will say, so it is, yes. So it is a lovely thing that the World Cup, obviously they have to plays the group stage, the last group stage games together, at the same time, so that you get chaos. That was the end of this afternoon. Um, as Poland waits anxiously for the result of the Mexico game. Basically, essentially, um, uh, Poland and Mexico went into this uh, game. Mexico needed Poland to lose, and they needed to win by three goals. Yes. Or Poland to lose by Three goals. They needed Poland to lose by a lot and Mexico to win by a lot, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Um, Argentina misses a penalty, or I should say, Poland's goalie saves a penalty. Yes. Chesney um, honestly was having a phenomenal game all around. He was having a game. Um, he made Arsenal nine, nine or ten saves in the first half alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Argentina were all. I was primarily watching the Argentina game. Um, yeah. Argentina were absolutely all over. Uh, Poland. It oh, was absolutely dominating. Yeah. Absolutely all over them. Um, and I felt pretty good from about Argentina. Argentina just needed to win. Um, to get through. Yeah. And I felt pretty good about their. Uh, I felt pretty good about it from pretty early in the game. Um, this is yeah. finally in this last third game. Finally was like, okay, that's the Argentina we all know. Just um, took them a hot second, which really yeah. rude, but also it's a long, the World Cup is long, you know, like it, it yeah. so you, you don't necessarily want to peak their in your first game. Yeah, so, you know, maybe the first game was a bit of a wake, wake up call. We'll, we'll never know. But, um, they did finally look like the Argentina I think most of us expected to see um yeah. in this in this third game against Poland. They looked quite quite good, I thought. Yeah. Um but England or Poland's keeper was doing uh a bang up job keeping them out. He was doing just about um, everything he could. Until just about right at the beginning of the second half. Um Alexis McAllister, who plays for Brighton, um, who does have a very funny name for Argentinian. Um, did score the opener. Um, it was actually kind of like a weird ball. It was odd. I, yeah, it was an odd kind of goal. It was really slow. Um, going towards goal, but a goal's a goal. Um, gets in. Everybody goes bananas. Um, Argentina wise. Now Poland was still through at this point. Um, and then Mexico scores twice. Yeah. Um, Mex at this point. And then Argentina scores again. Julian Alvarez, phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal goal. Phenomenal. Uh, he actually played really well all around, I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a phenomenal goal to put Argentina up 2 nothing. And at that point, Argentina, I wouldn't say they let up, but they did sort of take their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, they just, at that point, they felt pretty secure in their league. League, they didn't need, to, they didn't feel like they needed to, um, you know, 
like go crazy. Um, and they were like comfortably in control of the game. So yeah. at this point, uh, Argentina's up 2-0, Mexico's up 2-0. Mexico either needs to score another goal or Argentina needs to score another goal. If either of those teams had scored another goal, um, Mexico would have gone through. But also, as it's, it good stood, to, it's good to point... Oh, okay, yeah. They were tied. Yes, as Poland it stood. Was top because of yellow cards. Poland was going to go on fair play. <laughs> they were tied That's on, like the end of the road. Had, That's like the far it's end. Quite, of, it is quite literally the last tiebreaker. And if um, that's if tied, Poland had gotten one more happens. yellow card, I don't know what they were going to do. I honestly was counting yellows. I was like, how many do you need? And there's no They had once after that. Maybe they do like an individual penalty kick. No, I don't know what they were going to do. <laughs> if Poland had gotten another yellow card, I genuinely don't know what they would have done. I said in the office with the other people I was watching the game with that if, if Poland got another yellow card and the goals and the um it stayed as it was, that they should bust the two teams together and make them do a penalty shootout. Yeah, I think that's um, what you have to do. What else do you do? I thought that's what they should have done if it had stayed uh, um, as it was. And or if Poland had not yeah, Poland yeah. would have needed another yell anyway, but ultimately Saudi Arabia ended up scoring. So it ended up not even being that as yeah the, as which i think everybody was ultimately happy about in the end because to like lose on yellow to like be knocked out of the world cup on yellow cards which has happened before it happened to senegal. i believe it was senegal last um, time it did yeah, yeah. so it has happened it's before, but to be but to go out on yellow cards is kind of like a shitty way to go out so yeah. i think everybody was glad in the end including mexico supporters that if they were going to go out that's not how they went out yeah um but ultimately uh Saudi Arabia did score to make it 2-1, which meant that goal differential put uh, Poland ahead. Um, so Poland and Argentina go through that group, but it was a wild sort of finish to the game because Argentina came close to scoring. Mexico actually did score and then was called off sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah. So crazy. Argentina topped that group and Poland gets second. Um, yeah, which means Poland plays France. We haven't um, talked about that yet. Oh, well, everybody already knew, hopefully. Oh, it's not like we weren't about to tell them all in a second. It's not um, like this is spoilers. Um, we would like to, or I would like to apologize for our uh, slightly bad uh, Group D predictions. Uh, we went yeah. for it on something that we were hoping it was going to happen, and that did not happen. Um, basically, France looks very, very good. Um, I would like to note, good job, Giroud for tying Thierry Henry's goal-scoring record. As an Arsenal mm-hmm. fan, you must love when Drew does something good. So shout well out to done, him. Good job for you. You took advantage of the fact that Benzema was injured. Not like he did, but like, you know. No, I mean. Um, so anyway, um, basically France cruised to a victory over Australia. Um, and I think the Denmark-Tunisia tie in the first game really was a... Uh, beginning of what was to come for Denmark in this group I'm so sad about this I'm sorry I told everyone that I was putting them top of that group I did I was wrong Um, I also did I was also wrong we really honestly they're like the one like kind of upset I've had like really had and I you know I I do think that the pressure of everyone being like oh they're the dark horse oh look just how look how good they just did in the Nations League all that stuff I don't think that benefited Denmark in this situation. No, but um, anyway, nonetheless, 
Denmark then loses to France. They look better in this game, but France again, they look good. France. God, goddamn France! But we hate. Though I will say, we hate him. But Mbappe is say, four goals. I will say, I kind of like their jerseys or their French whole jerseys. uniform. I like how they're just the blue, the white, and the red. They're their flag. It's good. It's chill. I don't know. I also like the. You rooster. won't catch me saying anything nice about them. It's okay. Also, uh, side note about the U.S. My brother would noted that McEddie's hair one way looks like the French flag and the other way oh, looks yeah. like the Russian flag, and it is what it is. Anyway, it was a choice that Wesson made. That wasn't the was best. a choice. It was a choice. <laughs> I respect that he made a choice. I don't think it was the right choice, but he did make a choice. He did make so, it. So you know what? Anyway, sorry, sorry, Wesson with his hair. Anyway, um. The shock. Weston, I love that, you. Not your hair. Not your hair. Anyway, then the shock in this group is that Australia ends up beating Tunisia, mm-hmm. which, as we said at the beginning, last whenever last week, whenever we talked about this, I don't think anyone was expecting Australia to come out of this group. Like, if someone was going to upset Denmark and France, I think people thought Tunisia could do it. Like, Tunisia's decent. Like, they're not like, they're good. And not to say that Australia isn't good. But they're but not. Nobody really good. expected the Socceroos to be getting out of this group. No, no, not at all. Um, but anyway, and uh, we were all wrong. We were all wrong <laughs> because this morning Denmark loses to Australia. This means Australia has won two games in their group. Um, and France, of course, were already through by this time, but they beat Tunisia. So France. So actually, time. France lost to Tunisia today. Yes, you used to just say they beat Tunisia. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even write that down as a bullet point. So in my defense, I said that. France wrong. lost to Tunisia. Um, albeit with a very, you know, alleviated lineup. Yes. Sorry, I missed. But nonetheless, they did lose. So actually, Australia and Tuni- and um France, while France wins the group on goal differential, did go... It, I think it would have been the, really funny if with Australia, the same amount of if, points. If Australia would have gotten it, and then we would have been right about where France would have been in the in the bracket, which I still think yeah. would have been funny. Though honestly, I don't funny. want Australia France in the round of sixteen because I think France wins that game currently. Anywho, um, anyway, um, so France tops the group. Australia goes through second. Great job, Australia! I will be rooting for you. Though you are playing Argentina in the round, of I will not. If if Argent if they were playing anyone other than Argentina, I'd be rooting for them. I mean, but like, they are playing Argentina, and I am rooting for Argentina. So underdog story. Um, anyway, um, the Socceroos have already can, Poland. Yeah. Um, I think that Poland should be. I think Poland hoping. are probably gonna get clattered. Yeah, I agree. But, um, never say never. You never say weird, never. Weird, weird shit's happening in this World Cup. But I do um, think Poland is going to get clattered. Uh, I also think Australia could get their asses beat. Argentina seems to be up and running now. Yeah. Um, and an up and running Australia or an up and running Argentina is dangerous. Quite quite good. Yeah. So anyway, um, but anyway, like- that means that the U.S. in theory, if they win their, if everything goes well for them, they'll play Argentina in the quarterfinals. Look, which listen, not a bad way to go out. Although, like, look, going out hey, to the Dutch it would be perfectly respectable. But like, would be respectable. Also, you better be rooting for the U.S. if that little matchup ends up being the case. 
who oh wait, wait thought experiment okay everyone listening cool okay also katya's face right now is making me feel like she's about to move for argentina over the u.s if this scenario turns out and i want her to say it so listen 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 argentina the u.s could maybe in a one-off in a one-off situation beat argentina yeah the u.s cannot beat argentina and then brazil and then france yeah i agree argentina could beat brazil and then france so if you're asking me who's gonna win i would want to pick the person who has a better chance of winning overall okay all right that's a way around you just say you want Messi to win the world cup but that's totally valid i do want Messi to win the world cup i've been very open about the fact that i I want Messi to win the world cup i will honestly admit to the fact that i was rooting for wales to score in that first u.s wales game so i'm no better than you (laughs) i think i actually am better than you because at least i have a better reason I love Wales. You just like Wales. Yeah. I also I love Messi and I think they have a better chance of actually my entire will of myself. The man decays with his hair growing longer. Anyway. Give me your scenario. Your Your my scenario? Yeah, you were gonna say, like, oh, hypothetically, if this happened, you were gonna say, Yeah, if the US plays Argentina in the quarterfinal, who are you gonna who are you gonna want to win? But you answered it. Oh yeah sorry listen 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 our year is 2026 it is our year we're gonna win on home soil this is not our this is the this is the practice round our year is 2026 i agree anyway anyway sorry fun little way uh finish talking about this anyway it should be fun obviously this is only the first half of the groups um this is also only the first half of the episode, but this is where I say my goodbye. And um, as we continue will, forward, yeah. all you're going to hear is my beautiful voice and none of Katya's yeah, and I, Be prepared for yeah, quick, I will, short, uh, and speedy. That's what I'm going to give do. you. I'll give my thoughts will be in sort of bullet Watch point something crazy happen in like all of the groups in the next two days. And I'm sitting here recording by myself for like an hour being like, God damn If it. something, <laughs> listen, if something truly insane happens, We'll figure it out. But if something truly off the wall happens, but Friday I will text evening. you my thoughts and you, you can... You aren't going to be doing any f- American footballing Friday evening if something crazy happens in the World Cup. I am going to be, I am going to be busy Friday evening. Okay. Regardless. Well, anywho, That's when we the, that is when the Pac-12 championship game is. I will <laughs> mention Kat's comments in the next four groups as per usual. Um, but the first half of the round of 16 is set. Is that the first top? Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. Ignore me. It's not the first part of the bracket. It's both sides of the bracket. Um, But we'll see who comes out the next four games. And then we're going to have 16 teams left. Are you ready? Nope. Yes. <laughs> that I wasn't decisive. Anywho, um, I guess we cut here, but you're about to hear just me momentarily all right everyone so um i'm here we're gonna talk about the last four groups of the group stages um e f g and h um, and go through them pretty quickly or as quickly as possible um so on thursday we started with group F. Um, 
things were kind of up in the air with this group going into these last games and it was very dependent on a few things um which maybe is a bit shocking uh but belgium ended um up not even making it through they continued to underwhelm as they have so far in this tournament looking slow just not looking great um they ended up tying croatia um croatia's midfield looks as solid as ever and then in the other game morocco ends up um beating canada which once everything shakes out means that they are actually topping group f with croatia in second um canada obviously had already been eliminated from their group um but i would say that we're probably looking forward to seeing canada in 2026 um at the next world cup they have a lot of young good players um and it was great to see them in the tournament they're kind of in a different situation than belgium this was kind of people were saying belgium's like golden generation's last chance to you know have a chance at winning the world cup um and they obviously kind of crashed out here and there's probably they probably most of them at least will not be around in 2026 so It'll be interesting to see what happens with that Belgian team um, and how they rebuild. But again, so Morocco tops Group F um, and Croatia is second. So that was the first game on Thursday. And then we move in to what was kind of slated to be one of the more crazier groups, um, which is Group E. I think that most people kind of had their eyes on this group from the beginning. Um, but I think it's easy and simple to say that all hell broke loose during these last two games of this group um and what i mean by that was that there were three minutes late in the games where japan and costa rica were going to be the ones coming out of the groups and neither spain nor germany were going to go through that did not end up um standing basically where everything stood um the spain japan game was kind of like the winner um like if Costa Rica lost and Japan beat Spain, then Japan would be on top. If Spain won, Spain would be on top. Germany was going to have to beat Costa Rica um, by a bit of significant goals um, if Japan wasn't like winning. So it was a little bit confusing. Um, but Japan ends up beating Spain, which is significant. Um, was the ball in the second goal in or out? From one angle, it looks like it was. From one angle, it looks like it wasn't. We might never know from that Japan second goal, um, but it was called that it was still in bounds and they got their second goal. Um, and that is the reason why they are going through and instead of Germany. Um, and this does mean that Germany has been knocked out of the World Cup, second World Cup in a row. They have not qualified out of the group stages. Um, they just never really were able to get themselves up and running this world cup um and costa rica like tested them again they uh took the lead at one point in that game um and that was significant because if costa rica had six points they would have been going through um so i don't i i don't know necessarily what's next for germany they have some really good young players musiala is a absolute star and so We'll just have to see what happens. Um, he's obviously going to be the linchpin of that team moving forward. Um, was this the last World Cup for stars like Neuer and Muller? Um, possibly. Um, and I unfortunately, I didn't watch as much of that game because I was watching the Spain-Japan game. So I don't have as many like 
this is what Germany did wrong, etc. But um, I want to. I think that Japan deserves a lot of the credit in this group. They beat both Spain and Germany, um, and they deserve to be top of the group. Um, they top it, and Spain got second. Um, we would like to just point out that in our predictions episode a couple episodes ago, we did flag Japan as a possible dark horse in this group even moving forward they had been looking very good before the tournament and play a very um you know tight good pressing game um so i don't think it should be too surprising to anyone that they do make it out of this group based on form um and how everyone has been playing um but really good for them they will face croatia who is the runner-up in group uh f and Spain, who is second, gets to play Morocco, who topped Group F. Um, both of these matchups look quite interesting and should be entertaining. Um, so moving on to the last day of group stage matches, um, which is Group G and Group H, um, quite an entertaining time again. So Group H, to kind of set the stage, Brazil was already through, um, but place was up for debate they had six points which then had three and both serbia and cameroon had one um which meant that the swiss serbia game basically if switzerland won they were through if they tied and cameroon lost they would be fine as well and then obviously if serbia won um serbia was gonna go through um and so that game was pretty tense. There was a lot of goals kind of in the first half, um, back and forth. And then Switzerland broke it, the tie um, to win 3-2. I will say this game was kind of feisty. Um, not like none of the other games have been, but there were some fights um, going on. Um, clearly, both teams really, really wanted to win and were pushing really hard. Um, but good job to Switzerland. Got a shout, shout out. Uh, Granit Xhaka is yet another Arsenal player to go through. Tomiyasu went through with Japan as well. So because Katya is not here to shout out City players, I will be out just shouting out the Arsenal players. Um, anyway, the funny thing about this set of matches is that Cameroon actually beat Brazil 1-0. Um, and if Switzerland had scored another girl goal against Serbia, Switzerland actually would have topped the group and Brazil would have been second, um, which obviously no one would have seen coming. Um, I, I don't think that like, ultimately like it would have just been funny and entertaining if that had happened um I don't think it's surprising obviously that Brazil tops this group I didn't watch any of that game so I couldn't speak too much to how Brazil played but I do know they had um subs in I don't think that they were playing everyone in their lineup um but again I don't think anything should be taken for granted and a loss is a loss so We'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, Brazil top that group and Switzerland go through second. Um, and then last but surely not least is group H. Um, when we were originally talking about this group, even like all the way back when the groups um, kind of came out, I think that this was one of the ones that we kind of pegged as like, ooh, this could be really interesting. It might not have like any like one majorly top team, but all these teams like are relatively even who on earth knows who's going to go through? Um, and we were talking in our pre, like, right, our episode right before the World Cup that we were saying, oh, like, we don't know what to do with our brackets because if Hyungman Son is playing, like, 
that could change it all for Korea. And if he's injured and not playing, I think that like he very majorly swings that team. Um, so I, my point and Katya agrees is like Korea could easily have gone, like go through in this group um, and it wouldn't be super surprising. Um, even though I think that the heavyweights or historically would be Portugal and Uruguay. Anyway, to get into that, ba- after that background, group H was more chaos very similar, I would say, to Group E on Thursday. Um, basically, Ghana and Uruguay are playing. The winner is probably going to go through. I forget exactly what the points were right before. Um, but, like, barring Korea beating Portugal, like, anyway, both of those teams want to win that game to feel okay. So Uruguay takes a two-goal early lead against Ghana, and it becomes pretty clear through that game that Uruguay is going to win that game. And that means that the tournament's done for Ghana. Um, it is what it is. It's It was an unfortunate turnout of a game, which was kind of the revenge game for Ghana after Uruguay kicked them out in 2010 after Suarez's handball. Um, but that's from a World Cup of the past. But anyway, um, the Portugal-Korea game, um, I don't know what people were expecting. I mean... Portugal was already through, so maybe, you know, I don't know. But they take a very early 1-0 lead. Um, and then Korea just, South Korea just slowly came back. They tied up before halftime. Um, and at that point, I actually didn't realize while I was watching this game that if they scored just one more goal, they would actually be moving up um, and going through the group on – not goal differential, but on goal scored. Um, And they scored in like the 91st minute. They, a beautiful ball from Son Hyungmin to um, Wong, who is a striker on Wolves. And they scored um, and went up 2-1 against Portugal and ultimately win the game. This means that Uruguay basically has to score one more goal against Ghana to go through. And they do not succeed in doing that, um, which means... Another shocking sort of upset, I guess, though, as I was saying, I don't know if it really is an upset, but um, Portugal topped that group and Korea comes out second. Um, The Uruguay players were definitely gutted. I missed, there is a play that happened in that game that people are saying should have been a penalty to Uruguay against Ederson Cavani. Um, I was not watching that game at that point. I was watching the South Korea Portugal game. So I did not see it and I have not found like a good video of it before recording this. So I do not know. I cannot speak fully to that. However, the Uruguayan players were very, very upset with the referee afterward and were like running after him down the tunnel type upset, um, which may seem uncalled for, but I didn't see the play. Um, it shouldn't be happening even if it was a bad call. I don't think that those types of actions should be allowed. But um, I think this Uruguayan team has a lot of older players who probably will not be seeing another World Cup. This is Luis Suarez's last World Cup. Um, and they were pretty gutted about this. Um, I will say last laugh for Ghana, even though they didn't make it through, they did uh, hold Uruguay out from making it through as well. So maybe a little bit of a consolation for them. So anyway, to round out all the groups... Portugal top, and South Korea gets second. That means that Portugal will be playing Switzerland, and South Korea will be playing Brazil. Um, 
So that is a wrap up of all the groups. That is the last group stage. Um, and we actually move directly into the round of 16 tomorrow. Um, and just as kind of a wrap up, I'm gonna just read out all the um, what to expect type things or like who's playing. Um, and then we'll obviously do an episode right after the round of 16 as a wrap up. But tomorrow we have the Netherlands USA. This is going to be fascinating, interesting. Um, I think the US has a very decent chance of winning this game. Um, I do not think that the Netherlands go in as the overwhelming favorite. So that should be very interesting. Argentina play Australia tomorrow. On paper, obviously you would say Argentina wins that game, but I don't think anyone should be counting Australia out. Um, and if this tournament has been teaching us anything, rank and just like historical pedigree isn't meaning all too much. Um, on Sunday, France plays Poland. I feel like France is just dominating right now and probably should be able to win that game relatively comfortably. Um, and England plays Senegal. Again, Senegal is not going to be an easy game for England. I think England can probably beat them, but I think it it's they are a force and they should not be overlooked. Um, Monday, we see Japan-Croatia. I think this will be a fascinating game with the control Croatia has in their midfield, um, kind of against Japan's really, really fast and on and off again press. Um, again... Croatia has been steady and, you know, steady and steadfast through this tournament so far. And Japan has turned up two massive upsets to come out top of their group. So another fascinating game. And then the second game on Monday will be Brazil, South Korea. I think on paper, again, you would ex expect Brazil to be able to win this handily. However, as they literally um, were in just in the, um, as we just saw, in the group stage, South Korea cannot be uh should not be bet against, um, especially with the quality they have in their side. So another good one. And then the last two games, which are on Tuesday, is Morocco, Spain. I feel like I'm a uh repeating myself constantly. I would say again, Spain on paper, Spain has looked good in this tournament against Costa Rica. Um, they were stymied a bit by Germany, but still seemed to dominate that game. And then I mean, they got beaten by Japan. Japan had like 17% possession or something in that game. But you cannot count Morocco out. They have been on a roll through their group. Um, and maybe slightly two different playing styles. I think they might it might lend to an interesting and entertaining game. Um, and last but not least is Portugal-Switzerland. I think this game's up for debate. Um, Portugal has looked good, but they looked not great against South Korea today. Um, and I would personally like to see Ronaldo knocked out. So let's go Switzerland in that. But that is um, the wrap up of the group stages from this World Cup. It's crazy to think that we're already done with the group stages and there's so much more soccer to go. But um, that will be it for now. I will be signing off and Katia will be back with me on um, our next episode while we discuss the round of 16. So until then, keep watching a lot of soccer. And we will both talk to you very soon. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.